in the cabbage. Right, let's get it. Test, test, test. Yeah, we're live. Welcome to In the Cabbage. <laughs> this is crazy. This is pretty bananas right now <laughs> that we're actually doing this. I'm Tommy Sweat. Andrew Witt. Please subscribe. Please listen. Please download. Like. Just a reminder. Keep swinging. Welcome back to In the Cabbage. I'm your boy, Tommy Swam, to my right or your left, Andrew Witt. Hey, what's going on, y'all? I had an intrusive thought. I'm looking here at our camera, and this yeah. boy is leaning like the Eiffel Tower. It really is. <laughs> it's got some serious gangster lean to it. That's, and the Eiffel Tower doesn't have a lean. That's a different building. Yeah. What's that building? I might sound real ignorant. Um, Need your help putting you on the island. Leaning Tower of Pisa. That oh boy, Ooh, that was a really <laughs> digging deep for that one. That, that, that's a team effort, <laughs> and we team effort that one, buddy. You know what though? I you actually did. The camera does look straight and flat. The, the camera looks straight and flat. But this, the but whole the, situation, the whole janky tripod is like you said, the Leaning Tower of Pisa. Yeah, and it's in the name. You think I remember it? It says Leaning right off the rip. It's the Pisa part that right. really gets you. You I know, think, I think which it, was surprising because it sounds a lot like pizza. Right. So this, should be, just this should be my building. Hang on to that real quick, right? <laughs> but that one in the back pocket. Well, that one's that be, one's not going anywhere. That's gonna be tough for me because someone's gonna ask me one day. You know, the Leaning Tower of Pisa. Right. And I'm going to say pizza. <laughs> I'm almost did it there. Yeah. So I'm going to go Leaning Tower of Pizza, you mean? And they're going to be like, whoop, this guy. And then you just say, well, whatever, dude. Tomato, tomato, right. espresso, espresso. Eh. I'm going to share whatever. a really embarrassing story of Tommy Swain right now. Okay, let's get right into it. What do we got? I really want to do it, but I'm going to. Well, now it's in the atmosphere. You got to proclaim it out loud here. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to Rome. Okay. And Have I heard this story? I don't know. Okay. Going wow, to Rome, like it's it maybe is that embarrassing? You didn't, yeah, it's, didn't it's, share it with it's throwback with boy. For me. Okay, so we're going okay. we're going to Rome, and this is the first time I'm traveling with the wifey's family. We're sure, fre- we're freshly dating, so I gotta make a good impression. You know, we're traveling. I don't. Is that like your first major trip with the fam? Oh, for sure. Okay, I mean, you're going to Rome. I, mean, I didn't know if you like apart from dinner. And hanging out, like, have you gone, like, I don't know, anywhere else or, like, gone to a really uh, nice dinner or, like, a full day at the beach? You know what I mean? Like, that's kind of what I'm saying. Like, it's, oh, it's like, kind of crazy how you just go Rome. And that's, like, one of your first major vacations. Yeah, I don't, I couldn't tell you. I don't remember. Okay. I think that was our first. Either way, early on in the relationship. We did dinners. I've, we've also stayed over, I've stayed the night at their house. I've hung out with their brother. So, like, right. it wouldn't, it wasn't so weird. It didn't feel so weird, but it was a huge trip. Can't be a weenie. Can't be a weenie. They gotta enjoy traveling with me, you know. Right. And uh, we're going and doing all the sightseeing. You know, we're seeing everything. We're seeing the Colosseum. And event- eventually, they book a tour for the um, Sistine Chapel. Okay. Which nice. I was really, which I was really excited about. Dude, it's all the architecture over there. It, it it'll blow your socks off for right. people that have not gone over to Europe. Um, get a, we've, get a we've guide. Been, we've been very fortunate. So you head over there, but man, it is gorgeous, the architecture over there. So churches should not be slept on one bit. You said get a guide. Get a guide. Yeah. Guy, get a guide. Because um, they also can like help you get in and out really easily through the check-in process. And, um, you know, it, it's, a, it's a trek. I can hardly hear the person. And I'm, you know, 
checking it out. And I look to Madison and I go, so this is the 16th one, right? <laughs> you did not. <laughs> and she thinks, ah, oh, Tommy yeah, is making the joke again. Right. This You're... guy. <laughs> and she starts dying. And I'm like, what happened to like 15 and 14? And you're like, so she's she's uh, she still thinks the joke's running though at this point, right? Right. So she's <laughs> dying, right? And I'm like, I, I don't under, like you know, like so this is the sixteenth one, right? She's like, no, babe, no, no, honey. <laughs> and that <laughs> not, was the not running quite, and that's been the running joke. So of course, everyone in the family knew. I cracked the joke with the person. Um, who was? Oh, you did it like in front of your tour guide and everything. I did again in front of the tour. Oh, guide. that's great. Yeah, I was like, okay, well, this is gonna be a treat for everybody now, because I'm, you know, everyone's gonna know. So I thought you were gonna well. say like you pooped your pants in the airplane or something like that. No, that's your vibe. <laughs> <laughs> that's the butthole game in the cozy corner is not a strong one. <laughs> a lot of weak stomachs. Yeah, I Sorry. had like a gusher recently. Okay. <laughs> I What's like, wrong with those? Those are fire. Fire. My Gushers. stomach can't handle it anymore. Really? Like too much sour. Like I've blew through it. Whatever happened? Whatever happened to the sour gusher? Remember how special those were? Those, those are at gas stations now. You can buy. They them are back. not. Yeah, that's why I ate. Oh my god! They got sour gushers in gas stations. Gas stations. I mean, we covered the three worst of like food snacks for like trips and stuff like that. Gas stations have been really stepping up their game and it's, oh, yeah. and it's like the Cheeto fry, the hot Cheeto fry is, is dangerous. I mean, I can eat like a family sized portion really? of those bags. I hate yeah. hot, hot Cheeto stuff, but the fries, have you had the fries? No, I haven't had the fries. Dude. Yeah. They'll, they'll blow your hair back. <laughs> they are so good. They're not as spicy mm -hmm. and they're just really light, crispy and really buttery mm. and they're pretty good. Like, mm. yeah, we were at you only buying my gas stations. So I got gushers at the gas station. Wow. Special. It's super sour gushers. So they're a little extra sour. How did I not know about this? Dude, you've been keeping it from me. I know. I just thought you wouldn't even be interested. What? What are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? We would go crazy for Zowers, and then we were so bummed that they were discontinued. I know. The gushers. And now we've got the sour Mike and Ikes, which, you know, they do the trick. I feel like they're good. And you get a full bag of these things, dude. My mouth is going crazy right <laughs> now, get, dude. And then also, uh, they have, I was driving back from Oregon, stopped in the gas station, and they have Reese's flavored um, Hold animal up crackers. Whoa. They dipped the Reese's peanut butter and the chocolate on one side and made an animal cracker out of it. Whoa. And so it tastes like the peanut butter, um, like uh, candy from is Girl it Scouts. Or the cookie, yeah, yeah, yeah. I kind of know what you're talking about, but like mixed with like with like a nutter butter type situation. Yeah, because like the ch the peanut butter is a little different. I love snacks like that. And then they also Boy, do if a they're pretzel. Good, like wait, what? And they, they do pretzels? the same thing: the chocolate Reese's peanut butter really? on a pretzel. Dude, kind uh, one of the vendors that we rep, they came out with a um, animal cookie cracker or animal like cookie pretzel mm -hmm. or funfetti. It's like a combo of the two. And dude, those things hit because they got like the pink frosting on Ooh, there, yeah, and they got the little nice. like, the sprinkles. They're really good, mm. but they're not as like you know old school. And so you know, some things like you know, don't touch them if they're great, right? Don't broke or don't fix it if it ain't broke. Mm -hmm. These kind of like improved upon it as well. Like they're really solid. But those uh, that sounds great. Enough of us being fat, or me being fat, and you being you. Mm. 
Well, it I mean, just I'm, I'm always, weight. I'm always, yeah, it, it's tough. But it's not from a lack of working out. You work out hard in the gym. That's true. That's you, true. You I, I do. I do try to hit it. I do try to hit it at least twice. Um, and I don't know. I, if I'm gonna eat bad, it's like on a road trip. You yeah. know, like it's like candy and sh- and shit like that. Like I'm not reaching for like. I mean, it would totally tear up my insides, but like fettuccine Alfredo, that's just not, that's not my palate. Never has been. No. Never loved the stuff, but like mm-hmm. I'm never reaching for something like that. But, yeah. you know, I do love a good old like Sour Patch Kids, some Gushers, mm-hmm. some Shockers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm down. For, like Reese's Peanut Butter Cups, dude, fire. Those are, I mean, Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are great. You still, you still need to try the Thins. If you try the Thins, they're, they're, yeah, they're, they're, they're nice. I'll have to find those Thins, but we... um. We also continue this little party, you know, of us eating and hanging out was uh, this weekend. We went to Nick Amato's wedding. Yeah. The Amato's, Mary and Nick. Mm-hmm. So it was it was a really fun time. Um, to be honest, I'm going to I'm going to shoot straight right now. Mm-hmm. Great wedding. Great wedding. Because I didn't know how they were going to do it. Yeah. Because Nick proposed to Mary in December and we just had a July wedding. So that's seven months, not like the following year, July. And we're warning people on this podcast saying, don't go any any less than like 10 months if you want oh, your life sure. to be complete and utter hell. Mm-hmm. But like in a sense of just you have no free time, your whole world around like a like revolves around this wedding. Right. And it took us, we had a, less than a year. You had over a year and like... Uh, Seven months is quick, and they and it was unreal. It was a great time. It was a really fun time. Um, beautiful little like reception that they had, like on the water, like when we had like cocktail hour it was great. That was that was the best hour for sure. Oh, it was super. I mean, the cocktail hour always to me is the best. Yeah, hour. it really is. Yeah. Then you get down to dinner, and it's great. You know, oh, we had a great table. Yeah, really fun table, and the food was bomb too. I was actually not. A, I was actually a pretty big fan. Yeah, like I really enjoyed the dressings and the uh, pasta was pretty good too. Uh, I thought the potatoes were. Oh, the potatoes! I, were all the potatoes. T- I could have a plate of those yeah, things. Yeah, the potatoes slap. Yeah, yeah. I forgot about the potatoes. Those were all time. They were um, dangerous. Desserts were good. Um, Ooh, didn't get any of those. What did they have? Like it was uh, brownies. Okay, we nice. got Mad Mass and I just saw brownies. We went brownies. That's, that's it. That's always an easy pick. Yeah. For, it's like seeing a chocolate chip cookie. It's just like, you know, you grab it. Yeah, grab the brownie. Right. The drinks were strong. They were flowing, which was nice. Dude, the drinks were really strong. Yeah. And doubles like, were triples and singles were doubles. Uh, yeah. And I was asking for just like scotch or whiskey on the rocks, whatever they had back there. And I came back with like six to like eight ounces yeah, you're of just, just straight booze in a cup. And they're like, <laughs> here you go. Here's a red cup. Let's fill it all the way to the top. I mean, it was, good thing about those, you don't like suck them down too fast. At least I try not to. Right. And they were like, walking around with beer and wine too. It was great. Yeah. Um, it was, it was fire. Really fun. Super fun. Congrats and, to the both of them. Good oh, stuff. It was uh, yes. Congrats. They're on their honeymoon now. It's awesome to see. And one of my other buddies just got married. Congrats to Matt and Jordan or engaged. Sorry. Matt you and had, Jordan. You had, you, dude, you, <laughs> you had me panicking there. I was like, wait, who's, who just got married? Yeah. I'm like, oh God. Matt and Jordan actually just got married. It yeah. took them two days. <laughs> no, engaged. Congrats to them. Good stuff, dude. Good oh, yeah. stuff. And then, um, um, I worked on my golf swing on Sunday a bit, which was nice. Yeah, that was, um, we actually, we both went to the range. Yeah, how was your range session? Me, far too early the morning after that wedding. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was at 11. So like <clears> that's, 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 not, that's not too early to ask. Mm-hmm. But after you consume uh, a plethora of drinks and stay up till two, three in the morning, it, it's, 
I'm setting myself up for failure at that point and trying to be social for like, you know, a coworker's 30th birthday, which was actually, which, which was unbelievable, by the way, her sister rolled up. She had snack boxes for everyone. You get a chicken pesto sandwich and two golf balls and a, uh, a mimosa in a can. Whoa. And it was, dude, she had like 30 of these things prepared. Like had all of like the little wood chips balls. inside. They were like printed with uh, with Cassie's face on it from like all through like her childhood into like her teens Whoa. and like all that kind of stuff. It was it was really well done. I was shocked. We had four mats that were on the driving range at Costa Mesa designated for us. They like put out signs and everything. Kudos to you know I, I'm gonna give kudos to the to to Sarah though the sister. Because Costa Mesa is not that accommodating. It's not one of those situations. It's a public range. Like, it, the fact that they even, like, shut down a few was pretty nice. And, like, yeah. put out some mats and stuff like that. But kudos to her for making it happen. Um, really fun. Really cool. Rain sesh was okay. I was more for just, like, hanging out. For sure. I mean, I was kind of feeling a little off anyway. You, so weren't, not, you weren't doing full drills and swinging? No, no. Not, not, like, not like you were. But I did actually get to hit a... Um, I met a semi-pro there, which is right. in Cassie's friend group. He used to play like on the B tour, like right, be- right below the corn ferry. I think there's, I think it's like ABC. So then like, it's like whatever that entry level before the, before the corn okay. ferry tour talking with him. I made a comment because he had the Ricky Fowler blades from Cobra. Have you seen those things? Like the bronze yes. ones, they were impossible to hit. Right. Something really cool though. I was like, cause I just made a comment, dude, what do you, I've never actually seen those irons in someone's back before. And I kind of just like said that to him. He's like, dude, what? He's like, oh, yeah, listen that. And then like he got super into the golf talk with me instantaneously. And I was, I latched onto that really quickly. Oh, that sounds like a great time. And he's like, yeah, you want to hit one of them? Oh, please. You hit one. Right? Oh, I hit him. Did and you they flush one? Flushed three shots in a row and he even whipped out a four iron, bro. And I will be happy to say that I hit this thing dead out of the center and it felt amazing it felt immaculate i bet and i'm like it's a tiny little thing down does there he, does ricky fowler use those at the course no no he does not those were just like a one-off like special release and i thought maybe you would wow. have like seven iron down to like wedge no this dude's got all the irons does he like play them like enjoy them actually yeah he plays them enjoys them he's like i've always wanted a blade so i just bought them they look great they feel good too i mean like maybe i hit it like you know five yards shorter but like you know it's fine that's I was like, awesome. wow, that's really cool. But the one thing that was really interesting, though, that he actually had on those irons were the Jumbo Max grips. Oh, yeah, it's a new thing going around. And it's funny because one of the YouTube channels that I used to, that I watch fairly consistently, less now, but it's Peter Finch, and he was doing a review on the Jumbo Max grips because he's been playing them for a couple of years. It's a big thing because apparently, you know, like it's, takes a little bit out of your hands right. so you can rely more on your like body and shoulder turning into the shots as well as reducing some of like the recoil and shock that you get in your hands and wrists. Right. So if you hit a lot of golf balls and you have wrist and elbow issues, that is one way to combat the uh the pain apparently. It's not proven, but a lot of people say it actually helps dampens, a lot. Yeah, dampens it for that sure. It makes sense. I mean it's a big thick piece of rubber. I got tennis elbow after like five days of playing tennis straight. And they felt good, dude. Right. I, I mean, if, if they're also helping you out, if later down the line, let's say like you have an elbow issue because you kind of like battle with that. We played, right. we knocked around a tennis ball like for in the summertime. 
you know, and then you like take that tennis elbow like three, four days well, in. Because you like, you don't have the right grip. And I remember you like, yeah, these grips are fucked. So it's like, well, I'm like, oh, that makes a lot of sense because like I need a bigger grip. And then we stopped playing. I just like, oh, because you were also clapping my cheeks um, and tennis for that summer. But well, anyway, so back to yeah, the jumbo grips and they were fun to play with. They were. Yeah. I mean, uh, I would consider throwing those things on there. I don't know if I'd do it. I'd sure consider it though. If like, if you need to do it, like you know, yeah, I would have no problem if I needed to do it, or if it would benefit my golf swing, no problem. I would throw those things on. Yeah, and yeah, I already play with the bigger grip, so I mean, it's not like I, uh, unfathomable for yeah, me to do. It's you play with a midsize, right? Right. Yeah, I play with the standard, and you know, I just like the feel of the standard. But certainly, if I was able to actually get my grip a little bit easier too, because there's just more to hold on to, right? Which is kind of nice. Like you can hold it. I feel like you need you hold it lighter because you're not so clenched, right. right? You're not white knuckling the standard small grip down there, you know? Yeah, <laughs> you're over there choking a chicken. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's um, I agree, it's weird. So he was just flushing. Was he just sick with the club? I mean, I wasn't like dialed in with him, but he, I was just talking with him for ten minutes. He had a good swing. That's why kind of why I noticed him. I made that little comment just to see what I could get out of it. Mm-hmm. And so he says he just plays on the weekends. He just he's scratch now, you know, just shoot 72, 69 a lot, 74 mm. a lot. Like, okay. Yeah, he's a good player. That's awesome. So it was, uh, it was fun. Good little time. We bowed out like an hour and a half in, dude. I mean, we, we were Tough. in. I was in okay shape, but Katie... Ooh, not so much. Katie took she, the brunt of the doubles. Yeah, yeah. She really, she really <laughs> went to town on those vodka cranberries <laughs> on Saturday night and fully capitalized. Mm-hmm. And uh, she was having herself a great time. Um, oh yeah. So yeah, paid the paid the price for it, a little banged yeah, up you, on that you, Sunday. You woke up and she chose she chose war that morning. Yeah, dude. And like, so we we had a end up backing out of like they were going to a restaurant or whatever afterwards we're like okay let's you know show face and then we're gonna and went back home straight pass out on the couch for one of the best all-time uh hangover cures is is like good food and a nap yeah i just i don't nap i love a nap throwing tennis i had tennis on or golf on i was just like this is perfect prime time yeah i have an issue with like i caught myself so when I'm like sitting down and relaxing and you know, watching it on TV by myself, I'm always on my phone. Yeah, I'll do that too. And it takes away like almost the relaxing element of it. Yeah. Like I'm like, I'm, I actually get mad at myself now where I'm sitting on my phone too much, like when I'm watching golf. And I'm like, I'm not even like watching golf really. I'm kind of just sitting on my phone and it's like stressing me out almost. It sounds stupid, but I will literally put my phone like out of reach. Right. Like I literally put it like on the other side of the couch and I just like leave it there. You're like, okay, you, you go over yeah. there for a bit. Do you see the hard thing for you though is that you can't record anything. I think that's the biggest thing. Yeah, it just maybe on the commercial break is the rule. Yeah, I know, but it's so hard because then I'm so locked into my phone. I'll do it too. Like what if I'm watching right. something live or like I get distracted and I forget that I'm watching TV and then it's like, oh shit, like I gotta like go back. I had the liberty of doing that, but you right. unfortunately don't. You just like gotta like zone, <sighs> you know, tune back in. Yeah, but I need to get back to record television. I think the recording, I think that's really what if you had it recorded and you're flying through all the commercials and you're like skipping fifteen seconds every once in a while or eight seconds every once in a while when they're like going over like rules and they're calling over a rules official and like you're like, right. okay, this is gonna be a three, four minute thing. Let's just get right through this and like we're right back into it. 
I do like the element of a live game, though, every once in a while. I do. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard to beat that. Yeah. So I guess I get like for elements of like golf where maybe I could just fast forward and catch up. But yeah, um, I definitely do that. I also was playing, like we said, some golf on Sunday. Went over to yeah. my local golf course. Never been there. Tustin Ranch. Yeah. I want to hear more about it um, because I haven't been over there either. Course looks tough. Really? A lot of water. Narrow? Narrow houses on top of the course. Ooh. And I walked up. I was excited. Like, you know, did no clue what their practice range was. Madison was napping heavy. I had like, it's like two o'clock and I would like all the sports were over for the day because I watch live. So like, I'm not yeah. re-watching anything. I'm like, it's like, I don't really want to nap. So I was like, I'll just go hit golf balls. Yeah. And it was cool. And I ran over there. Um did the Tiger Woods putting drill. The putting mat, the putting green was eh at best. Okay. But I just really what I wanted to do there. I wasn't too worried about making putts or speed or distance. I really just wanted to practice like infield putting because I was having problems with my takeaway and like sure. feeling, like coming through it. And so that's all I cared about. What's the, uh, is the Tiger Woods rule where he puts down like the two tees? Yeah, like almost touching your putter. Is that what you were doing? Yeah. Okay, gotcha. And I'm just trying to make like five footers. and Yeah. Um, I made like four. I had like six golf balls. I made five out of six. Nice. And it's just, you know, focusing. You really have to focus on your take back. Sure. Pushing through. Maybe I'm just not focusing hard enough. Maybe. That's but it, it's like. really hard. If I, I've, we're going to touch on this in a little bit because this actually just rolls right into this next little segment. But I want to hear more about the golf course. But it, it's it's one of those things where it's how how much do you focus on like the shot versus, you know, your, put, your, your putting path right you know so like anyways i get that because that's to me i think it's important you know like okay so then i went and did the range and i did two drills do they have uh mats, mats. over there okay any it's grass public no grass just mats okay it's public it's tight like it's almost unsafe how tight it is really they're really squeezing mats in there um, in fact, like two teenage kids came up, like one biffed it and almost hit somebody who was left. Jesus. And okay. That's a little guy. And he was like, whoa. And I was like, okay. And I feel like everyone was yelling at each other over there. It just felt like very active course. It's a real hostile environment. It's not, yeah. Not super relaxing. It's like I when you go put, over to Costa Mesa too. It's same, same kind of thing. It's just a lot of people trying to putt, a lot of people trying to hit golf balls. The, just, putting, the, putting, the putting green is probably better if it was larger and had better grass on it. And, okay. But I just... I went there with the idea of just working on something and not like, um, I was more worried about just hitting a golf ball and working on something, just hitting it well. Right. Not like directionally, I just need, I wanted to feel like I was hitting a golf ball well. Mm -hmm. So I did two drills I found on Instagram. I just do a little save page and I wanted to copy drills and less theory um, because I feel like maybe I can teach myself through drills and learning my own swing thoughts and watching yeah. video. You're much more of a, a move through, like uh, a learning through movement type person right. and, and visual as well. Like someone's saying that like, you gotta feel like you're doing this. I feel like sometimes I can, I like the feel of it, but like if it gets too like instructional, like which how, like you said, how people are on YouTube, yeah. I get lost. Yeah. So when just did drills and I stood on a golf ball on my right foot underneath the ball on my foot. And the purpose of this drill is just to not let the ball move from underneath where it's at. Um, Cause I have a problem with lifting up. I have early extension in my golf swing, which then causes my slice and sure. also my really short shots. 
And sometimes I get lucky on a hot day. I'm just picking timing really well. Yeah. It's one of those situations. It's an all a timing thing at that point. Right. And if I'm not feeling timing, then I'm, I'm screwed. Mm-hmm. So did that. And it's causing like, you know, I'm losing 20, 30, 40 yards. I don't care. I'm not worried about distance. Right. Just like try to feel the feel. contact. Yeah. It's a feel thing. And so I'm like, oh, okay. So you start picking it up. Then the other drill is you put your left foot straight and you move your right foot all the way back behind your hip. Mm-hmm. A big like split, like split yeah. squat stance. Be athletic, you know, and you're trying to um, hit the iron and you're trying to throw your hands at it and cause a draw. Right. Like, you, like don't let the ball fade. And it helps me with my huge slice. So I'm I'm drawing golf. I'm hooking golf balls, and I'm hitting them off the hosel. I'm towing them like I'm like I'm just slapping them around. Right. And I pick up a cue. And I hit one or two. Good. And I'm like, okay. Let me now. I test to test it out. Sure. And I started to click a bit more for me pretty fast because I don't know if like someone telling you. I watched the video on YouTube. Um. Pros will go ask other pros, like, hey, what were you trying to feel there? Yeah. And the pro will always tell, like, not always tell them, but will tell them how it feels for them. Right. And not yep. try to, like, cater to their feeling. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times you got to go in the lab and be like, it's got to feel like this. And you have to, like, work out what you're, what he's trying to say. And okay. some guys don't pick it up. And you got to put it in your words, essentially. Right. Like, and- you need to translate it, understand it, and put it into a movement that's somewhat resembles what they're doing if you want to implement something like and that. And I don't have a big enough dictionary to like read through what they're trying to tell well, me. Well, at the same time too, like we, we're not professionals. We're not, we don't have all these golf coaches. We don't have all these, you know, resources at right. our fingertips where we have all this knowledge and experiment, you know, ex, you know, time to experiment and all this kind of stuff and learn all the theories and apply them, what works, what does, there's just so much out there. So I think drills are like a really good way. I'm not talking like crazy drills. I didn't want alignment sticks. I didn't want um, like a grass mat. I didn't want him to be like, you got to do three different stages of this. I wanted a, just a, a drill to like help him straighten me out. And for me to kind of just pick up the pieces of what I think it should feel like. And I created my own feel. And then like the feeling, like the, the swing thoughts kind of just went away. And I just, because the drill felt so right, I ended up starting to hit a few pretty well. Nice, dude. That I was that I was happy with. And I didn't pick up a lot of clubs. I did with my hybrid. Then I hit like a bunch of, and I just chipped a bunch of wedges. And it felt like the timing just from working on that felt fixed like a little bit of my chipping. And I'm hitting it on maps, so I don't know how much um, like really shots, great shots those sure. were. Sure, sure. Um, because the mat will bump you or bump the ball up for you to peer it or you hit the mat first and then hit the ball. Right. To save a fat. Um, mm-hmm. I, I have a problem fatting the golf ball. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyways. That's really cool though. And especially with if a drill can... So let's just hypothetically talk because you're almost... Let's say you're in the trees and you're totally blocked out and you have to hit a hook. You know, you didn't know how to do that. Like if there was an opportunity where you're playing really good golf and like there is a shot where you have to hit like some sort of like hook or draw and it gives you a massive advantage because then you're only, let's say, 100 yards out as opposed to being 250 yards out right. and chipping out to the fairway. That's a big, that's a, that's essentially a stroked gain because I would say if you put yourself at 100, you're going to then take three shots to get down. Totally. 70 to 80% of the time. But if you put yourself 250 yards out, I'm giving you to get down in three, 
probably 10, 20, 30% right. of the time. Right. I agree. Yeah. So like I'm, if I'm 250, I'm thinking let's get, try, let's try to get down in three, but like getting down to four is not bad. Right. And, I, and it's at least now I can just know that if I need to do that, like you were saying, I can just stand a different way and just hit it. Even I'm, even if it looks goofy, like it almost like helps manufacture a draw. And I think golfers need to get rid of this like notion that you can't do stuff yeah, like that. Dude, for sure. Because... I was about to ask you, did you feel ridiculous on the range? I loved it. Yeah, it's one of those, you got the phone out behind you, you're doing a couple of things, you're just like dialing in. And sometimes other people would come up and ask me questions mm -hmm. about what was going on. I'd be like, dude, I'm, I'm no good. This is just a drill mm -hmm. I'm doing. And then um, it built like, uh, it seemed like some people around me took it a bit more serious, which was kind of cool. Like I brought some seriousness in, yeah, it, that's, in it for some that's people. That's cool. That's cool. And it was fun. And uh, I was only there, for, I did like a medium bucket. I didn't even hit through the whole thing. Wow. I just wanted to like get a feel down and just like swing a club because we um we got a club championship coming up. Yes, we do. And I can't wait for this, dude. I was just because now we're on the doorstep. Oh, I was yeah. like thinking about it a lot today. I was like, I cannot wait for this weekend coming yeah. up, dude. Uh, the tea time should be released here shortly for us. It is the club championship at our men's club. So it's a two day event. It's gonna be Saturday and Sunday. We pay prepaid. Um there is Last year, we won a bunch of money in this. We did really well. I got second net. Andrew won first gross in B-Flight. Yeah, that was really cool. I mean, I really did have the round of my life in, in a tournament, which is another thing that's kind of well, crazy. We both came in. They were impressed because everyone was struggling because of the wind. Mm -hmm. And we were late afternoon team time, and we came in and threw something together. Yeah. I think you shot 81 on Sunday too, right? I thought you I shot... I shot an 83 and I shot an 86 or something. Okay. Day two. What, whatever it was, it was your lowest round by far in a, in a tournament. Uh, I'd be happy if I shot back-to-back -back 80s right now. Oh, 80s? Oh, yeah. just in the 80s. Yeah, in the 80s. Yeah, that would be great. And uh, you balled out. You shot 83, 86 last year. And I was pissed on the 86. Yeah, you were. Like I had a right <laughs> yeah. to be upset. Yeah, we were, we were playing. We, I haven't shot in the 80s in forever, it feels like. I've been living on that like low 90s mark. Well, you know, I think that's part of the growing pains, though, dude. You're going through a, a little bit of like a small... Even though it's a small field change, you're trying to figure out what exactly that is. And that's the swing change. And you're trying to figure out how it works, how to implement some more things into hopefully later down the line here, get you into that single digit handicap. Maybe oh, like yeah. maybe in like, you know, a year, maybe next year around hopefully. this time. Um, shout out my cousin Mikey shot 84. Wow, dude, that is huge. Yeah, came out and texted me, shot 84 the day of the wedding. Um, wow, good for Mike, dude. I was he, hyped. He, the, uh, the golfing woes have been all Tough. too real for that guy. Tough. And uh, he's making a massive comeback. So, love that. And we have some events, me and him coming up and our club championship. But yeah, I'm nice, really dude. excited for this tournament. It's fun. Um, we're going to do a sleepover. Yeah, we got we got to make that happen. We got to run it. it back to like the volleyball high school days. Oh yeah, that was, that was all time. That was uh, so we can just you know be more efficient for traveling purposes. And probably we got to probably tone it down on the Sour Patch Kids and the five not, and the five energies. We get some sleep. <laughs> we were we were different. We would yeah. stay up to like four or five in the morning, and like our wake up call would be at six thirty. I mean, I and felt I felt fine until like four p.m. Right, and then you're just totally gassed. And then we would shower. Yeah, and then we just do it all over again. And we basically. just hang out again. Yeah. Like it, real it, savages. 
I don't know how it's really, it's one of those things where it's like, wow, I wish I was like using some more of that energy back in the day for something else. You know? I something productive. Right. But like, that's like the, um, I mean, we had a lot of fun though. Oh my God. <laughs> a lot um, of fun. Age is wasted on the youth. There we go. You know what I mean? Jesus, Tom. Philosophical Did over like here, that dude. One? That was really good. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, I don't know who it's from. I've heard it once. I locked it in and it's true. Uh, yeah, that's like your parents. You know, I'm sure my mom was like, "Why don't you guys like yeah do anything else? Why don't you guys go outside and like run I'm, around?" I'm like, and no, like, mom, I'm gonna basketball. watch like Pineapple Express and I'm gonna eat these Sour Patch Kids, <laughs> right? And I'm gonna play like <laughs> NHL and I'm gonna uh, play Call of Duty and and also just in high school, then we'll just you know in junior senior year, then we'll throw we'll get thirty racks. Oh yeah, then we're we playing get 30 NHL beer pong, right? Oh, beer pong's great. Original BP. Original BP. That's is that is the game mm -hmm. forever goaded? Yeah, we could never do it. It's so impossible to play. So, like, you want to give uh, a little sneak peek of what maybe this game is? Yeah, it's you know if the rules change, household. And I'll just I'm, give you how we yeah, play. Yeah, yeah. So classic ping pong um, table, but, it, but it's with paddles. With paddles well. and the ball, you get two uh, two cans on each side on each corner. You have a partner. You're both on the same side of the net, and it's very much like volleyball. But the purpose of it is you want to try to hit on the third or second hit and hit the can. Mm -hmm. And each hit requires one-third of the beer, right? And the beers have to be open on the table. Mm -hmm. Now, very rarely do you get to hit a can and have it fall over with no sips. I think I've only seen it once, and I think it was by you. Yeah, that was impressive. I mean, we're I'm throwing out my shoulder at this thing. Yeah, I mean, it's... We're, but, so the idea is you, the person can hit on the third and you're, you're trying to like field it. Yeah. You're trying to like play some defense, keep and it in like, front of you. Um, you have two hits or three, almost always it's two. Yeah. It's two. Unless it's a really bad set and you kind of try to go back over and you try to help them out one more time. Yeah. But um, the idea is I would try to body the ping pong ball up to keep it in front of you after they miss. And I try to flick one up over the net. Right. And on I'm their side. And therefore, I'm running towards the cups or right. the beer cans on the other side. And I'm wailing away at this. Ping as pong close ball. as I possibly can get, like, to where you're comfortable, where you feel like it's on top of the right. on top of the beer can. And if you knock it over, it's a full beer. Once two cans are done from either hits or, or, sips. or you know, hits or finishing it off the table, then you can rebuttal. So even if you get hit off the beer can, you can run around, try to scramble, and keep going. Then mm. it just cancels each other out. It's really, it's a really elite game um, because it's a it's a team game. You're constantly like moving around, playing around. It's it's almost like it's just like a little volleyball aspect to it. Right. It's really fun, and it just brings together ping pong and volleyball. And it's just like and it know, makes it um, and drinking, and it really helps out with the corner shots. And oh yeah, you learn oh, how yeah. to really like flick. Mm -hmm. You're like stupid backhands and your forehand. Right. You, try to like <laughs> you get crafty one. with it and you're diving all over the place because the ball doesn't have to stay on the table. Right. If the ball is bouncing, it's live. So you have basically you have to play like in a garage in like a very confined square or rectangle room. And right. so the garage is perfect for that. And so you can just base, you start playing it off walls. You start going around and around. Yeah, it's really fun. And it's the really serving fun. you do if it hits the can. It's a play on. So almost like hitting the top of the can is great, but if you hit the middle of the can, that's like almost a free table flick. Mm -hmm. But um, you just try to serve it to them and try to ace them. But I don't think anything happens if you ace them. 
Yeah, I don't think so. It's more of like a rally starter. Almost. Right. You you almost try to like give him something a little bit more harder so he can't just right toss one up there. Right. It's it's kind of a little bit of a of a gentleman's game on that first initial serve, but then other than that, it's it's free for all. And you're trying to knock the fuck out of those cans. Right. I'm um, sure you can do something for it though. But um, anyways, I would uh, I would love to hear. That was quite. That was quite the little uh, tangent right there. I that love, we had. The, <laughs> love the little tangent. Original. I mean, we just clicked back into you know a game that was played hours in our garage forever, all and, night. You know, that's some in the cabbage stuff. You know, we brought you back into a quick memory from the boys. Yeah, well, that that's was. what you want to hear. That is. That you is. You want a glimpse? Do you want behind the curtain? And it was always the Budweiser cans. You have but to get yeah, the Bud, you have to get Budweiser because the cans are a little bit more stout. They're a little right. bit shorter and fatter. And they were fun. The Budweisers, I like the um, bullets too. The uh, banquets, yes, the banquets. Those the banquets are the two. Were fun. Those are the two for sure. And not glass, obviously aluminum. Yeah, <laughs> that would throw glass that, off your that'd table. Be, that'd be a short game. Um, but yeah, uh, it, it was you know overall a great weekend. <laughs> I would love to hear some of your goals here that we have uh, coming up for this tournament. Um, for me, it would be, um, I want to, because last year you went 83, 86, the pools and times aren't out yet, but let's, let's call you flight C or B okay. right now. C if or B. I'm, Cause I might be like an A or B. I think it would be, be, be a top seated C. You would love to place in C. I mean, I would. I don't think my game's a B right now with the swing change. Um, so, I would say top flight C. So then, when do I guess? What do you want to get out of it? Because you're, you're if you're not going for a place finish, mm -hmm. and you don't think your game's at like you know a B level even right now, and it's you're kind of teetering yeah. a little bit. What do you want to get out of it? I guess what's the goal? I just want to come and I want to feel like I'm hitting the ball well again. Like I just, I, you know, like more specifically like your like mid irons probably. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I'm actually hitting irons again. Um, I just want to go out and I want to, um, you know what? I want to be fully connected throughout almost 99.5% of my golf shots. Yeah. I don't, even if it's like I'm pissed off and, um, or I'm having fun, like I'm just being like focus on the shot that I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Like it, when it's time to step up that 20 seconds I'm going to take, I want to, um, I want to be locked in for those. Yeah. I love that. I Instead think that's, I think that's a, out and just being like, Oh, this isn't important or this isn't good. Yeah. Because we've even said it too. And we've, we've been good about, um, I guess pointing it out to one another at the same time and not like in a dick way, but like, dude, that was not really going to go right from the start because you just like weren't thinking clearly. And like, you were kind of like half in it. Like, you know? I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna slap some up here. I'm, oh, I'm gonna do a cut or a fade. And it's like, no, 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 no. Like, we need to have full intention here, because if we're, you know, if we're trying to get something out of it, you know, look, look where the trouble is. Where's the miss? Should I miss long or short? Should I grab more club or less club to hit that shot? And then boom, right. Roll. And I don't want to worry about the money either, like the winning money. I just want to like, because I think that's kind of got in my head, because I won so much money last year that I'm like, ooh, it's time to go win some money. Yeah. I think I just want to go and get back to being. I just want to play good golf. And if money becomes something of like that, then great. Yeah, I think that's a good way to do it, dude. Uh, then it adds like that. It removes that extra pressure of like, ooh, if I make a birdie here, that's some cash. Instead of being like, ooh, you just being excited that I'm hitting a birdie. Yeah, exactly. And I'm, I mean, again, we're going for pars, and if we get birdies, then great. Like I, you know, 
It's it's whole it's the whole thing about playing good golf like in a tournament. And if you win a skin, I think that's just a bonus. I just feel right? like we haven't played great golf in a tournament in a hot minute either. Yeah, I know. And so that's why I'm in this little bit of like a limbo state. Like I would love to play really good golf because I haven't really been playing some good golf and like competitively recently. Um, it's only been like in the last like couple like times I've gone out there where like I've, my game is starting to click back in a little bit. But because um, I'm going through a little bit of a swing change as well right but it's not as like severe as yours um i think i just want to one i want to try to hit like nine or ten greens in reg um i'm i would love to go with like a little bit of that swing thought but more so like a goal for like hitting greens and i can't be like if the pins in the back i can't miss long like i do that all the time and i just and i screw myself and it's a bogey every single time because then i'm knocking it to 15 feet and then I'm not draining the 15 footer. Like I'm just not gonna do that. So trying to find more middle greens. I need to find more middle greens this weekend. So that's I would love to hit like nine or ten greens in a reg. And if I'm really in trouble, I don't need to save my entire round with one shot. Like that happens to me. And like sometimes it works. Like, you know, I would say like 70 or 80% of the time. But if it's a really right. tough situation where I'm trying to hit a 60-yard hook with, like, a four-iron out of the rough to, like, get me back on play. It's like, let's let's chip out with a four-iron and move it 100 yards. Like that's, I love that from you that's, because that's your rescue good... game, when it's clicking, is something really special, a part of your game because then it feels like all aspects are going. And almost It's almost a fire starter for you, too. It, yeah, it kind of is. Sometimes when you're not having a great round and then, like, by hole two or three, if you have, like, a really fire rescue, it almost starts firing your game up a bit. Kind of clicks me back in, yeah. Right. So I, I like the idea of maybe, like, going for reachable risks, like um, high it, percentage risks. Yeah. And when you don't need to do that because you're playing well, maybe you're going to rescue it for a par or even take your medicine and go bogey. Right. Instead of maybe, like, carrying that one, like that one extra double you, maybe you wouldn't have. Exactly. Exactly. Um, that's, a, that's a good way of putting it. So that's a goal for me. Love that. More greens. Um, and I would just love to, if I'm going to miss, I want to miss in the right spots. Because when I miss, I always miss on the wrong, like, spots. And I'm not talking, like, six irons into the green because at that point, I don't care. I'm not that good. I can't hit a six iron from 200 yards out and pick if I want to miss short right, really. Like, that's that means I just didn't hit it well, but, like, you know, I could fade it, push it, hook it. Like, there's... I'm not that good yet. I'm just talking, like, wedges. Right. Like, like I, 150 and in. Like, if I'm going right. to miss, I need to miss on the, on the correct side and give myself a chance for par. I like that. I, I think the idea for me on where I don't want to miss is I already know which my miss is going to be, which is like farther right. Yeah. So I kind of almost aim like where missing short right and like super far right or okay. And that's normally where the spy pick. Gotcha. It just feels so weird because I haven't fully, um, I guess been concentrated on doing something like that before. And like, I'm, I'm a little bit more, um, I guess I want to be more prone to that. I want to be a little bit more uh, receptive of that idea mm-hmm. and especially for scoring like purposes. Like I feel like right now if I'm hitting the golf, golf ball pretty well, you know, like I hit it great off the tee and if I have a great driving day, I make bogey from like, you know, 60 to 120 yards out like three or four times around sometimes. And it also helps you get in a place of um flow state it makes the game a lot easier at times yeah it feels and then way- almost you can like rev the engine and then you get like 
hit by something and you have to rub it back. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that's that constant game, like where pros can like play it and get that feeling and get hot. And they know how to like tote that line and when like rev and bring it back like throughout the round, which is a whole nother level of scoring. I thought you were already into course management. This sounds like you're being a lot more intentional around the greens. This li- time. I want to, I was always, um, obviously if like, there's like water, right. You know, right. like I'm not aiming like if it depends on the left, waters on the left. I'm not aiming at the pin. Like that's not, I'm not saying like that. I'm more so talking about, you know, 95 yards, pin in the back right. Like, let's not hit a let's not hit a full lob wedge because my lob wedge goes you know 105. Let's right. let's it's hit a three quarter lob wedge, 30 feet short and left. You know, chances are I might push it, hit it a little bit harder because that's that's my miss. Right. <laughs> and I need to have that more, like a little bit better intention for that as opposed to saying, oh, it's time to score. It's 95 yards out. Like, I would love my game to get there. And if it's, you know, if I'm feeling more confident, like I'm really dialed in, like hole 13, 14, maybe I'll be a little bit more aggressive, but not out of the gate like that. I like that. You can do the tiger thought, which is aggressive to your points. Yeah, exactly. That's what I want to be. Aggressive yeah, to my points. Like, Ooh, this is going to be an easy shot because I'm only 100 out. So I'm going to be a real aggressive with my point I'm aiming at. Mm-hmm. Like, exactly. I should dial this. It should be perfect, perfect. Right. And give myself a good look from 15 feet or right. 20 feet. And um, so, I think that's awesome. And, um, you know, talking about being perfect sometimes in an imperfect situation is uh, Damian Lillard. I think he's really like handled himself well. I, I don't even mind the way he's um, holding the Portland Trailblazers to like the trade. And in an imperfect situation, because like I get it, Portland doesn't want to trade Damian Lillard. Um, to the um, Miami Heat. I think I said Houston Rockets, but Miami Heat. No, no, no. You said Heat earlier. Okay, yeah. good. Um, because, you know, probably here and take advantage of it because they know Dame wants to go play for them. And you know what? The Heat, or not the Heat, but the um, Portland Trailblazers just need to take a hit. A bit of a hit. Yeah, I think the whole thing that, like the whole message I guess you're trying to really say is like, dude, the dude has been with the Trailblazers and has been a franchise player for the last decade. Right. And has stuck through them when they have been garbage for a while. And at, now at this point, he's played there for how many years? Like probably know, 10, like 10, 12 years. Yeah. Like, dude, the dude's been playing forever um, over there. And it's like, if he wants to move... Because it's a profession. It's like a job. And if you want to change a position or a job, I feel like you should be granted that if you are going to play your almost your entire career for a franchise and they really don't do anything for you and you're kind of like, they're trying to put a team around you, but it never really quite happens. Like They sell like multiple of your best players because they're like, okay, well, this organization sucks. I just think like, you know, the NBA today preaches like there's no brand, like there's no league loyalty. There's no team loyalty anymore. And, you know, everyone's leaving and go do their own thing and for more money. And I kind of forgot that. I'm like, you know what? Like, you're right. Like, why aren't these people staying with teams more? And then there's something like this happens. And then I'm completely in the opposite favor. I'm like, screw it. It reminds me of like a job. You know what I mean? Like a corporation at the end of the day really doesn't care about you. They're going to say you're like a family. They're going to tell you everything you that you want to hear. And when it comes down to it and it's like you and like not then the corporation not making more money, they're always going to cut you. 
Yeah, and always. this is very much, and they, and they call it just business. Well, like for these players, it's not just business. This is personal. Yeah, this is like an organization. These are fans. This is like, and especially when you are dedicating so much hard work and effort. I mean, I, for sure, corporation and like you know, in the real business world, I feel like it's a little bit different for these guys, right? Because they're also like, they're icons in the city. And they're like grinding and doing all these workouts and stuff. And if they're truly, you know, putting forth um, a ton of effort and giving it all and you're not getting like a little bit back from the like from the franchise, I can see why that could be really disheartening and be like, you know what? Screw it. Like all the players are going to say something like that. Like, I'm just going to leave when I want to because I just need to look out for myself. And that's that's and that's like a great business mindset because the business is always going to look out for the business. Like, in Portland's like, you know, we're in a really tough situation here. If we had more options, we'd obviously be able to get a more friendly deal. And I get it. Damien's being a little difficult with, like, I'm going to the Heat, figure it out. But just take an L. Like, you, like, Damien, Damien Lillard's brought so much more money to this organization than they would have ever made without him. And, like, they'll continue making that money now. Like the L you're gonna take from the Heat is not gonna like you're gonna you're gonna be positive in money still. Yeah, or just get draft picks. Just if, my, if, my, if, my, if Miami is gonna like you know look to make a push next year, why just get draft picks for Dame? Like I don't I don't understand. Right, just and they just bolster up your team and rebuild for you know three four years down the line. But you know and they also just drafted um, third overall. I forget the dude's name, but he's a really really good point guard. Right, so you already Special. had a position filled. Like, let's just move on from this. Just give Dame what he needs or wants. There's no need to, like, do this anymore. I don't know. It just makes me angry because it's the projection of, like, oh, you know, pick a team, pick a team. The guy does it. People get on him for doing it. Like, he's wasting his career. Finally, like, like probably has a meeting with them. They're, like, still sucking. He's like, all right, dude, it's time I got to go. And they're like, right. great. He's like, this is the team I want to go to. And you're like, mm, can't make it happen. Can't make it happen. <laughs> no, I get it's it. frustrating. If I the guess. Heat is giving them absolute garbage, they're giving them like, we'll give you three second rounders. And you're like, oh, yeah, well, that's not going to do it. Right. Like, I get it on that aspect of it. But also be like very clear. Be like Miami Heat. And I, we're working on something. We feel like the deal is unfair a bit because you know we're getting you know or, sh- or talk about it to, in private with dame so maybe it keeps his i'm sure I'm, I, I'm sure that's going on behind the scenes but yeah i mean, I mean if if it, it's a bummer that he's so selective maybe i'm sure there, there's definitely teams out there that want damian lillard and he's a baller um but i think it just goes back to what you were talking about we were um bringing up john morant a little bit earlier in a, right. in a podcast you know, and these guys are just, you know, they're a walking business. So and totally understandable when guys are, you know, trade hopping and going for more money, this and that, and like trying to build a super team. It's like, they're really just looking out for themselves, you know, at the end of the day, because it's totally. like, it's their well-being and business. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I'm, I'm back and forth. I'm, I'm leaning on the fence on either side because it's one of those things where, yeah, I do want to see a little bit more player loyalty. But like if everyone's doing it, then like you kind of need to like do it as well because everyone's moving around and like 
You right. got to you got to jump on whatever you think is helping you. Can I so, win you a championship or it, make you more money for your family? Because at the end of the day, that's the most important thing to that person. Exactly. The business will make money. Organizations in NBA are making money. It's just you know how much money they want to make. Um, so yeah, man. I mean, we've been loving Wimbledon. That was also going on this weekend for myself. Really cool. I can't get enough of it, man. It's it's one. It's becoming one of my favorite sports to watch, and especially when it's like the round of 16 or like the quarterfinals and like ramping up for the end of the tournament. It's pretty special. I love the, the mind game, the physical aspect of the game, the strategy, you know, the, just the overall conditioning of these guys that are playing the game are, is, is unbelievable, dude. It's, it's ridiculous. Yeah. These games are going like two and a half, three hours, four hours. And I'm like, this is, this is unreal. Like I'm playing golf and I'm tired if I walk a course. Right. And like these dudes are sprinting for four and a half hours. Every point. Swinging really hard. Every right. point. Hundreds more swings than golf. And and like I love when they're exhausted and they're winning a point and they're looking at the crowd like I'm doing this for you guys. Right. Like, and they're just firing up the, cl- right. like the crowd. And you can feel momentum. It's great. Uh, Breakpoint does a... um. Or point point break or break point break point yeah break, break point. point break point point break point break is a movie break <laughs> point is the show yeah I've just been following you Banks has been awesome to see um, I liked- I was really bummed to see Francis Tiafo lose yeah. I was really bummed about that because I thought they covered him really well um, in the break point uh, TV series that's mm-hmm. on Netflix. And his like whole upbringing and how he like grew up, you know, with his father working at like a country club and him just like knocking tennis balls around and him just like, right. you know, very, um, you know, tennis is a, is, a, is a country club sport. So like it's it's hard to get into if you don't have, you know, the resources around you when you're growing up. So, right. It's one of those one of those situations where, yeah, it's he's he's he was like, you know, family was not well off growing up, but he was able to like breakthrough and you know figure it out yeah exactly so he's a hell of a he's a hell of a player too so i was bummed to see him lose yeah it was it was a bummer um i also lost my watch my man mario um forget yeah Mm -hmm. took the l today too which was i mean i knew it was coming because it was versus alcatraz and it just couldn't be too alcaraz alcaraz yeah there you go alcatraz that's a a (laughs) tough name for him that's a tough one you might feel like you're being put on an island out there yeah Dude, that guy is special. Yeah, you might be feeling in prison if you walk on this man. If, if no one has checked out Alcatraz, yeah, <laughs> Carlos Alcaraz, Alcaraz. Yeah, I mean, you gotta, I, you gotta throw on some highlights of this guy at the very least. I mean, he's the last year match. He was um, him and Sinner was really good. Yes, too. dude, so good, so good. So, mm. um, I think it's gonna be, and I don't know how the how the bracket's gonna like work out, but it's gonna be Djokovic and Carlos. In in the final for sure. If if the bracket kind of works or out Eubank. that way, do you want to give a you want to give a little shout out to Eubanks right now? I mean, he's playing unreal. It's been fun to watch him just run around, serve the ball, um, smart tis- tennis decisions, and like he's got really- a hell of a serve, monster forehand, and um, I think he's been at it for like four or five years and been trying to qualify and get in. First Wimbledon, first Wimbledon, first Wimbledon um, entrance and going to the quarterfinals that's like it's happened in like 40 years or something crazy like that for an american um he might be the american hope here he's our last he's our last male player right now i mean 
he looks good, dude. And he was like outside the top like 150 like not too long ago and like kind of caught fire. And after this, he's going to be like ranked 30th in the world after this tournament. That's so cool. Yeah. Good for him, man. Um, another thing, the update, the turn up tournament for the Open, which is, you know, coming up here in a couple weeks. But the, we were talking about we wanted to cover the Scottish Open, um, which is a good warm up. I've never personally watched it. Um, so this is going to be my first time really yeah, viewing I, for it. I haven't really either or really, um, I would say, tap into it, you know? Right. I mean, I've seen highlights, but it reminds me, um, I had this thought, you know, a long time ago um, where I was playing a Lynx course and I remember like feeling what a Lynx course like felt like while playing it, the crazy, like some of the different shots I would hit, the overall vibe of the golf course, I feel it a lot more where classic American golf almost feels like a picture for me. Yeah. I almost view it like a TV shot and um, it's more of like, wow, this is picturesque. And I don't know what you think about that or if you feel like, you know, that is how that golf is played or which one do you might enjoy more too? You know, I, th I think this ha has always been thought, you know, um, I've always kind of had that thought, but you kind of, you know, brought it further to light, uh, especially because, I don't know, Seal Beach Golf Course. Is yeah. That, like that felt underwhelming for American golf because it was not quote unquote picturesque, right? It right. wasn't that feeling of like, wow, this is gorgeous. Mm -hmm. Like it with the course was in great conditions, but nothing was standing out to me. And like, you know, um, I've all, for all the courses that we play out here, like, you know, if you play like Tory or yeah, Tory pines, mm -hmm. like a lot of picturesque, like a lot of like really iconic, like holes, infinity greens, all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, huge, um, you know, canyons and stuff to hit over big trees, big water fixtures, mountains right. maybe. And Lynx is the complete opposite of that. And we played a couple of Lynx rounds here and there. And they're um, super fun. Really fun because the grass is different. It's cut differently. And like, you're able to play so many more shots off slopes and even when you hit it in the fairway, you could be totally screwed because the mm -hmm. ball is like six inches below your feet, you know, and you're like, got this crazy weird lie that's going on. You're like, dude, I'm in the fairway right now. I should be hitting off a of flat ground. Like, well, not that style of golf. That um, is true. So I, I agree with you 100%. So when a U.S. course is not really beautiful, I find it very lackluster. Right. And I feel like even with like Lynx courses, it's very simple. Like the idea of making a really good one is a lot easier to do by the ocean, lots of sand, you know, move land really easily or not at all. Easy to grow grass on. Mm -hmm. um, and it's just, you know, the top courses in the world are almost all Lynx. Yeah. And they're also um, just because there's not a lot of trees typically on Lynx golf um, you know, you get a lot more wind on the course too. Yeah. So you have to like play with your flight trajectories a lot. You know, you got to like keep the ball low. You got to like, if you want to hit it like high and soft because you're going to be downwind. Right. You know, you got to play a lot more of like trajectory into your game as opposed to... runs, which my runs. game does not translate well for. Yeah, your boy you, gets chewed up out there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and link style golf. Oh my God. That's why I need to work on a swing change so I can, um, you know, somehow master some flights yeah. <laughs> if I have a chance out there. I, I think it's a really good, I think it's really fun. I would love to hear and, uh, you know, what, what you guys maybe think or if it's, you know, if it's something like that, it, you know, brings about different feelings or thoughts. It's not to say that one's better 
the better than the other. I just think it's a different feeling. And I think golf is, is cool because you can get two different feelings on a golf course. Totally. And I think it's uh, fun. You know, it's not a bad or a better one or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's just whatever. I just thought it was a fun, free flowing thought. Yeah. I love it, dude. And so, um, I'm really looking forward to seeing some of that link style golf, even though it does maybe look a little bit, um, black and white or plain on the TV. Right. You know, because we have played it before, it's it's fun. I, I You know, we can understand that the level of difficulty with certain shots is is there and it's still there or even more so, especially with the hills. So I'm excited to see that um, for the Scottish Open here. For sure. And that, and that brings us um, over to our like rolling bet that we got going on right now, dude. Um, recapping really quickly from the last tournament we covered, um, I ended up finishing a slightly lower and ahead um, last week, so I got first pick here. I'm getting crushed by you. I'm gonna be your caddy, dude. You got, there needs to be some sort of massive blow up by me. Three guys got to pull out of injury for me. <clears throat> yeah, <laughs> I mean, not, but no, no, I need them three not to make it. I need to get three cuts. Yeah, three cuts, um, which would be huge. And I need to like get second. Yeah, you got to have like a like a you know a twelfth. Yeah. Overall or something I gotta like that. I got to get like third. Yeah. Like- <laughs> Our guy's got to go one, two, three, and that's a second for me. Right. Um, so, yeah, dude, I picked a guy um, for this reason because he likes to keep the ball low. He's from the area. Excuse me. And uh, that's Tommy Fleetwood. Would love to see him win his first PGA Tour event. Oh, yeah. He is so due. He's like started 270 events or something like that. Hasn't gotten a win. And he's a class player. So... Um, I'm hoping that he shows up. I would love to see that guy in the winner's circle. Um, another guy for me here, keeping the, keeping the T's rolling. I'm going with Tom Kim. Oh yeah. Um, you know what, what a, what a special young player this guy is. So, uh, you know, he, it just seems like he gets dialed in and he gets really amped up and I'm, I'm really hoping that he taps into one of those zones That'd be great. Um, this week and uh, something special might happen. And again, keeping it local in the area, I'm going with Mackenzie Hughes rounding up my third pick. Love your picks. Um, I mean, just kind of going a little bit unconventional, but at the same time, just going with some of the homeboys. So let's let it rock. Um, I went with Max Homa. Um, been playing really well. Everyone's saying he's in a funk because he hasn't won, so I think he's due for one. He's been playing in the top five, top ten spots pretty yeah. pretty consistently. Um, I went with this name strictly because I knew you were going to pick the other name during this time. Um, I've been keeping eyes and tabs on him all year when he's been in the tournaments, and it's been Ludwig Aberg. If you haven't heard about him, and if you, uh, you heard it here first about like five right. episodes ago, the dude is special. The dude's really really starting to turn it up. And once he learns how to win, I think it's going to be all systems go. He has played in five events thus Mm -hmm. far out of like straight out of college because he got his tour card three months ago, two months ago. Right. And he's like not placed outside of like the top 40 or something like that in any event. The dude's balling. He, he, was, hit, he doesn't hit a slice or cut or a push just, or a draw. Just a straight bullet. Just a straight bomb. And I didn't realize how big he was, actually. I, I didn't. A big boy. He's like 6'2", right? Six, uh-huh. Built, and though. he's solid. Yeah. And he can send it on down there. 182, 183 ball speed. Pretty pretty effortless as well. So, and it just looks like his swing is going to do no wrong. It can mm. also roll the rock, too. So, I love that pick, dude. And I, I'm really hoping that I finish lower than you. Or maybe, actually, you can't pick him next week. I don't oh. even know if he's in the field for the Open. But I wanted him for the Open. I know th- I know he was going to be un. I know he was uh, going to be picked. Right. 
So I'm really hoping that he's in the open. And I'm going to go round out the list for me with Nick Taylor. He's been letting me down all year. Every time I pick him, seems to not do well. But he did okay. For, he did okay for you over um, not uh, I think like three weeks ago. Right? I think so maybe you got like thirtieth or something like that. Not going to do you any wrong. I think but... he's missed a cut for me a couple times. Yeah, he's that's... like my third round, my third round pick guy. He's I like your to go to. with. He's your go-to. But so. um, yeah, man, what a podcast that rounds us off here. We're gonna go to silver linings because um, I had to use some of these silver linings because we had a power outage here in Tustin. We were out mm. from five p.m. to one thirty a.m. Yeah, dude, that's that's tough. And that was yesterday, right? It was yesterday. So I thought, why don't we do three silver linings of a power surge? Um, yeah, I ran over here, dude. The things, everything shot off. My great, we threw a breaker out. Cause I mean, I have the washer and dryer going, the dishwasher's on. I thought, okay, we over overloaded our condos, um, power grids. So I ran over, I hit the breakers, doesn't work. And that's the extent of how I know how to do things. Right. And if that doesn't happen, I, it's a oopsie daisy and hit him again. <laughs> and as it's like, what's going on? I'm like, I think we have a power outage. And I Googled it and I was like, actually kind of happy it is because that means there's not anything wrong with our power personally. Yeah, for sure. Because then the last thing you want is an electrical problem for your house. Right. And I'm like, okay, hell no. That would have been tough. Um, did I lead last week? I don't know. I'm happy to lead us off right now. Can I get us going with a little honorable mention though? Yeah, please. Honorable mention. It's good candle for me. Oh, yeah. Good candle in a power outage. I, I don't know. I mean, a candle just hits as is, but like you need a couple candles lit, and I feel like that really sets the mood for the, entire, for the, for the entire night. Going in my third slot here, um, I believe you mentioned this earlier when we were hanging out that you uh, went for a drive with Madison. Yeah. And that's my number three. Mm-hmm. Going for a drive. Going to like 7-Eleven. Grabbing a couple snacks, throwing on some tunes, you know, do something like, yeah, you know, you might as well. Or like maybe you go for like a little walk or something. Oh, I almost got that little gnat. I don't even know what that was, but oh I was, my. I was going for blood there. Yeah. You locked in. I one. really did. <laughs> it's like a little cat and a toy. I was unsuccessful though. That little bastard's all flying all over the place. I see him up there. We'll get him later. So yeah, that's my three. Got to do something. Maybe got to go pick up some snacks, whatever. You got to manufacture something. So going for a drive. Okay. Number two slot for me. Mm-hmm. I think this is a really fun silver lining because this is something you won't ever really do ever. Mm-hmm. But when the power is out, it suddenly becomes an option. And that's making a fort. Oh, making a fort is number two for me. And I think that is a really strong thing because then you can like whatever. Then you're kind of hanging out or you're like, you got a board game going on. You got a fort and you're like, you know, you're kind of like making the most of whatever is happening. It's a, it's a nostalgia thing for me. I think it's if, fun. If I, I look up to Madison. I was like, let's make a fort right now. She'd be like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> oh, Katie and I make a fort every once in a while. <laughs> no, but that's a lot of fun. I just <laughs> never even thought of it or offered it. <laughs> and she, and it's not like my, you know, my vibe. That's great. Dude, though. the cozy corner can put up a solid, solid fort for sure. I don't think we have the materials. Yeah, you do. Just blankets. Mm-hmm. This big old blanket over here, you pull over that table or bench. Oh, no. Sometimes we bring like a little like uh, air mattress out, put the air mattress here and you like put blankets over the top. How often were you in power outages? This is something we just do for fun every once in a while. Oh, you build a four for funsies every once in a while. And, like we've done it like once or twice. Got yeah. you. This Got was like you. back in like COVID, you know, um, we're like, we're just bored. Let, like, you know what? You know what sounds fun? Make it a four. Let's go do that and like watch a movie and like it, it hits. So like it, cool. it kind of reminds me of like, you know, if That's you, fun. if you did have a power outage, 
you would like make a fort sometimes. Totally. Okay. Then I'm just building a fort and I got to lay in the fort with nothing else to do. Yeah. You got your phone maybe and you got your snacks. Yeah. My phone was dead almost though. That's tough. Yeah. Yikes. So I had like 4% left on the phone. Yikes. Um, okay. Number? My number one here. Um, it's a good board game. Yeah. Board game or cards, dude. And like, it's one of those things. It's, it's just as good as a movie and suddenly like all the other things become obsolete and like that is the prized possession for me right and that's what i'm always leaning on it's uh that's a good list buddy the uh, the four pick came out of nowhere and i love it <laughs> um number four for me honorable mention would be um a good snack out yeah of yeah yeah that's that's like, huge whatever you got in there it's now out you're you're hanging out you're chewing on some chips like discussing what the game plan is for the night um, number three for me, candles mentioned before. Mm. Um, it's essential. I you gotta, you know, it. lights, lights went out. I started yanking out candles. I found lights. You know, I got everything ready to go. Cause I don't know. I had a feeling after the breaker thing, I'm like, this isn't going to be good. It's going to, it could last a good, like two, I three hours. On the neighbor's door. You out. Yeah. He's out. Mm. Okay. So went back. Um, number two for me, which mass and I didn't do, but board games. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Nice. Like, Whenever you got in there, it becomes more fun because it's like you don't even really need to use your phone, and now you got no no distractions like old school connection time. So it's yeah, fun. I love that. Do you have a um, do you have a board game that you like really hang your hat on? No. Nothing. I love a good sorry. You ever played sorry before? Oh yeah, sorry is pretty fun. Sorry, very, good. very I, simple. I'm not a huge board game person. Yeah, I know you never really have been, but I no. mean, did you play one like back in the day that was like Candyland? This- that's tough, dude. Those are my favorite board games. That is yikes. I mean, that's that's great. It's nostalgic. Mm-hmm. Have you played it recently, though? No. Oh, my God. Painful, painful, painful. <laughs> it's a painful game. It is the most boring, slow game. Because I saw it. I was at Pie Society in Costa Mesa. Uh-huh. And I lost my shit over it. I'm like, fuck. Candyland. It's my childhood. It's like literally from like, you know, when I was like three, four years old. Well, it's a three, four year old game. It is Tough. rough. Yeah, you know, it, it's... I loved Candyland as a kid. You just pull cards and, like, it's worse. Match colors. And you match colors, yeah. Right, uh, yeah. It was oh, great like, as a kid. I'm like, ooh, pink, no doubt. pink or whatever. I loved um, Stratego. That was mine. Um, Stratego. No. That was a really sick game. I bet you now it'd be, like, some sort... I mean, do anything. Monopoly would be great if you actually had someone who was really into it, who knew all the rules. Um, yeah, I guess Monopoly is good. It's just such a long game. My yeah, God. You know, somebody who, if you guys all can lock into it, it's pretty fun. You know, it's really fun is that on the Switch. They have Monopoly. Uh huh. And they Love do that. all that stuff for you. Yeah, we always throw on uh, Mario Party. Mario Party is great. Yeah, that's, um, I mean, that's basically Monopoly in a weird way. And number one for us, which was random activities. Okay. Like, um, for us, like, was a drive. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. Like something you maybe you don't normally do. Maybe um, you like, or maybe you're like, um, let's make cookies. You can't with you an know? electric oven. Oh, can't. Couldn't oh. Even make dinner. Oh, um, but which we did actually do is we Zillowed. We did a little Zillow trip. Okay, nice. So we dropped to my dad's huge car, and there's um, like there's like mountains over here at Tustin. We're really close to, and up on those mountains are insanely nice homes. Okay, like the Tustin Nelly Gale. Like I didn't all, even, all up in there. I didn't even know about that area. Oh, it's unreal, huh? Is it like past Old Town Tustin, like close to the mountain no, it's areas? it's like left of it. 
Okay, gotcha. You're like Old Town Tustin, it's like left and in. So like near Tustin Ranch. So north, north. Okay, Tustin. okay, gotcha. Um, Never been over there. It's. I mean, if you ever want to, like, hey, I just want to go see some homes. Like there, some of the homes like on the bottom are just even cool. Like on the bottom of the hill, it's like one story, very wide, huge lots, one yeah. story homes. Nice. So like a lot of sprawling home. Huge backyards. Um, in between the one million to like three million range. Whoa, yeah, that's pretty. It's not hefty. that crazy. It's not that crazy, but you know, three. You mil- get like a one point five million in that area for like four bed, three bath, one story. Yeah, that's nice. And you have like a lot of so land. much land. Yeah, so it's not like that crazy. Um, when you start getting up into the hills, though, yeah, that's those- when you start getting your like five, six, seven. Oh eights. boy. Nine tens, but gorgeous, dude. Like yeah. really just setting a dream. Like, you know, kind of almost was nice going to work the next day doing the drive. Like, oh, like back, like this is kind of somewhere I want to be at some point in my life. Sure. Just these like homes, like almost look like the Hollywood. It looks like Pasadena at the base of the mountain. And it looks like Hollywood Hills towards the mountain. Wow. Nice, dude. So, yeah. I mean, one could dream and then, you know, maybe it's got a little inspirational thing. So you found some of that. Good yeah, stuff. I think it was fun. Silver lining in the silver lining here. Yeah, silver linings <laughs> in the silver linings. <laughs> All right, bud. Well, you know what? What a hell of a podcast. We did it again. Once again, didn't think we'd get, you know, be able to have enough stuff to talk about, but well, here we are. <laughs> Once again, you got anything for the people here, bud? Nah, nah. Let's wrap this thing up. It was good stuff today. Yeah, um, we're going to watch the documentary sir, here. Sir, play well in the uh, in the tournament this weekend. I can't wait for our sleepover Saturday. Yeah, it's going to be all time. It's going to be all time. Um, you know, like... Comment, subscribe. We're uh, we don't plan on going anywhere. We're in the cabbage, and just a reminder: keep swinging. <laughs>